When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatch rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? Wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamba Mia, he's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast, the big fight preview. We are covering a fight which maybe people will say is not a big fight. It is Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury happening this weekend in Saudi Arabia. Now, Chris is back on the show to cover this with me. And Chris, the first thing you said to me when I said, Chris, do you want to come on and cover this show with me? The first thing you said was, do you really want to do this? Are you a hundred percent on this? And uh, I, I, I think, yeah, I think we need to cover it. Come hell or high water, this is going to be talked about all week. And people and boxing outlets and boxing media are certainly going to have their fingers in this particular pie this week. So I think it's good that we do give our serious opinions and thoughts on it actually happening because it's been in the making for what? about two years now and it's been cancelled and then there's been issues with Tommy Fury going into America because of his affiliations with Daniel Kinahan and all the other stuff that's been going on surrounding it so you know there's been a lot of stuff going on between these two and it's you know I hate YouTube boxing I'm going to say that outright it's not for me it never has been but what I will say about Jake Paul is that Jake Paul looks like he's legitimately trying to make his way in this sport and what's intriguing about this for me Chris is that Tommy Fury hasn't done anything in a boxing ring that makes me think he is going to be any sort of a world beater in fact when you look at his record he you look at it and you think he hasn't fought nobody whatsoever and yet okay Jake Paul has fought blown up MMA fighters ex-retired MMA fighters he's not really fought anybody that'll give him a legitimate challenge in the world of boxing this is his opportunity to 
be a legitimate boxer, which would then probably piss off even more people in boxing if Jake Paul won it this weekend. But then I've spoke to a lot of people this weekend that have said, you know what? I actually want Jake Paul to beat Tommy Fury, and that seems to be uh, more of an overwhelming consensus from what I'm hearing from people. But Chris, what do you think about this whole charade, like the whole WWE feel surrounding everything that's going on here? It's... uh, Where do I start? It was one of these things I said I would never talk about, and um, I, I had no interest really in this kind of crossover boxing that we're beginning to see. And that's probably still where I feel about the majority of it. You know, this... I think I'm trying to think it's Cali Sutherland's, you know, has got this misfits boxing going and it's going to be on his own. That really makes my blood boil. You know, I, I want to watch proper sport and real sport. You know, I don't want to watch guys who've only been training for five to six months go in a boxing ring and, and have it passed off as, as one of the best things that we'll ever see. You know, so so first and foremost, I'm with you and the kind of YouTube boxing, the crossover boxing. It does nothing for me. But then again, we, we look at this, uh, and I think it commands attention now just because of the size of the, the event. You know, when you look at Jake Paul, as, as you correctly say, who's he actually fought? You know, he's fought Nate Robinson, who was a basketball player. He's fought Guy Ben Askren, who was a, you know, a, a washed-up MMA star, and Anderson Silva, again, another washed-up MMA star. All names that people who kind of follow MMA loosely will know, but they had no place in a boxing ring. So we've not really seen what Jake Paul can actually do. However, I've been watching him on the pads. I've been watching him on the little bit of sparring which has emerged. And he, he's actually got, dare I say, a little bit of talent. I can see that he's worked hard at it. And he's in a fortunate position where he's taken something which he wanted to do and, it, and he's been able to make it a reality because of the money that he's earned on YouTube. And, and he's effectively lived since 2020 as a full-time fighter. And I think when you actually see that in the ring, you can actually see the progress he's made as a fighter. You can see that his body shape looks very much like a boxer. He moves like a, a, a boxer. You know, he's a novice and he's a raw novice. But I heard Steve Bunn say about him as a six-fight novice, he's probably the best six-fight novice in the world at the moment. You know, now that that's probably blowing a little bit too much smoke up him. But I think he can actually fight a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does against a man like Fury who carries the name, you know, and, and I bet you it's very heavy to carry the Fury name, especially in a professional boxing ring. We don't really know much about Tommy Fury. You know, the the, the guys look relatively well matched up. They're both around six foot. I think one's six foot one in Jake Paul. But, you know, they, they, they both look like they can fight a little bit without being world beaters. The interesting element is the WBC have also come out and said if if um, Jake Paul wins this fight or if Tommy Fury wins it, then they may be ranked in the top 15 at cruiserweight or light heavyweight by the WBC. That's an interesting twist, you know, because it legitimises the contest to a certain degree. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. You know, what, what, where do you stand on Tommy Fury as a boxer? Do, do you think that he can actually fight you know have you seen him live 
I've seen him live, and I always tell this story to, to, to many people that I come across, that I met Tommy at a Pat Barrett show in, I think it was about 2017, 2018, before he turned over. And at this point of his life, he was very humble. He was just getting the feelers for what it was like to be around professional boxing shows. And, you know, I knew he was turning over, and I wished him good luck and, and send him on his way. And then, you know, I started following his career with interest. And then... He goes into Love Island and then things just completely change. It seems like the motivation, the dedication isn't there. He's fighting sporadically. He's not fighting anybody that is giving him a test that he needs. And that's, as a fan, it's frustrating because what you want to see is someone actively progress their career. Tommy Fury hasn't done that. And this is why people are starting to feel a little bit like Jake Paul could actually beat Tommy Fury this weekend because of the fact that Jake Paul, you know, for, for, for all the charade and all the stuff that he does and the hype that he brings to everything, as you've just rightly pointed out, he's looking like he's taking this really serious. The Americans that we have on this show, you know, guys like Luki, guys like Santiago from the sports cast, they all get the interpretation from Jake Paul that he's, he's serious about this career mm-hmm. and that a win over someone like Fury will give him that projectile catapult and the rocket ship to really push his career on and end up in a huge fight where you would have said two, three years ago, absolutely no way that'll ever happen. And then when it dawns upon you that something that like that could happen, you'll be like, oh my God, what what has the sport kind of come to? The one thing I'll say about Jake Paul in, in all of this, I know I'm kind of going off Fury a little bit here, but what I'm saying about Jake Paul is like, he said he's going to do something and so far he's done it. Albeit mm-hmm. the opposition hasn't been good enough and this is his first legitimate fighter that he's faced as a boxer we will get to see whether or not all that training has paid dividends and whether all that talk that he's given can be backed up so the pressure isn't really on jake paul it's on tommy fury because he's the one with the fury name he's the one with the fighting family the fighting traveling family There's there's a whole culture around that that really comes with the territory so fury's under a hell of a lot of pressure here in this fight he if he loses this fight I can't say I would ever see Tommy Fury in a boxing ring again because who would really support him? In boxing, in, in within boxing and in the circles of boxing, he'd get laughed at. He'd get laughed out of every arena because people couldn't take him seriously because he'd get beat off a YouTuber. And that's what it had come down to. Uh, it is a really intriguing contest and that's why, mm. as, you, as you said, Chris, it commands attention now because... I think there's a lot at stake here. I think there's a lot at stake. The fact that one of them could be ranked in the WBC, the fact that Fury could get laughed out of every single arena if he loses the fight, and then the fact that we're going to have to start taking Jake Paul serious if he beats Fury. There's quite a few different elements to this fight. But I really want to know how you, looking at both of these guys so far, how you actually see this fight playing out. And, and ultimately, I'm going to push you for a prediction, because that is ultimately what people want to hear from us, is who do you think is going to win this fight? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, based on the fact that we've had, as you correctly say, Tommy Fury turned over in 2018, so we've had really five years of of relative inactivity from him, whereas during that point, Jake Paul has taken himself from a raw novice who is a, a YouTuber to a novice 
who's lived a life for the last two years, three years, and been a boxer. And he's surrounded himself with good people. You know, he surrounded himself with Amanda Serrano and made Amanda Serrano a lot of money by managing her. You know, he surrounded, he surrounded himself with people like BJ Flores at one point who was training him. You know, all solid, good boxing people. So he's been around the gyms. And, 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 and as I said earlier on, he has got the luxury which many people will never ever have in life, and that is money. And 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 that is a big defining factor here because he has used that money to learn his trade. He's probably paid trainers. He's had one-on-one sessions. He's had sparring, which is probably better than his record would allow him to, to normally get. So I think when you start to put all these things into the mix, I can see, and here's my prediction coming, that Jake Paul takes a decision. It's, it's scheduled over eight rounds. I think he might be a little bit busier than Tommy Fury. When we seen Tommy Fury on the big card in Wembley, I don't know how you felt, Sean, but I was really disappointed when he, he fought at Wembley. It just seemed really slow, labour, didn't really have a, a great deal of, you know, I suppose, urgency around what he was doing. When he, when he fought, it was a guy called Daniel Bikansky. And yeah, I just didn't think he, he really showed a great deal there. I think the fans were getting very bored with watching him. And ultimately, for the Fury name, he's not really become the crossover boxing star that I think he was hoping to be. And he's become more of a media personality. And I think that that's where his head is. I think he is of the opinion that I'm a Fury, I'm a traveller. I'll be able to go in here and wipe the floor with this media personality. What he really should be thinking is this media personality is a media personality, but he's also learned how to box in the interim period. That's the danger. And I think Jake Paul wins in an eight-round decision. What 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 about yourself? Oh, yeah, this is good. This is a very interesting conversation now, taking that turn that we expected it to take, because do we really think Jake Paul's going to win? Well, actually... I think there's a lot of people out there that do think he's going to win. And Chris, to answer your question straight out, I think Jay Paul could beat Tommy Fury. I do. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he picks up a victory here. I don't anticipate he will knock Fury out, but I can see him beating him over the distance, like you said. I, I mean, don't want to be overly boring and say, oh, we'll just go the same route. But I actually can see it happening that way. I can see him getting the better of Tommy Fury because I can see Tommy Fury becoming very frustrated when he can't knock Jake Paul out because you think about it Tommy Fury is the one under all this pressure as I said earlier he's the one that needs to put on the performance is he going to come into this fight looking to try and beat Jake Paul and knock him out emphatically absolutely 100% I can't see him going any other way than absolutely throwing the kitchen sink at Jake Paul and Jake Paul actually then putting on a performance where we all go bloody hell He's just beat a legitimate boxer. And then that just makes Tommy Fury look really poor. And like I said earlier, he gets laughed out of every arena if he loses this fight. It's it's significantly, in terms of their media status, it's significant for them because Tommy Fury just gets laughed at if he gets beat. Jake Paul starts to get taken seriously. I mean, Mauricio Sullivan said... We'll put you in the rankings if you win this fight. It's like, wow, this is this is the level he's, he's projected himself to. I mean, people might take that with a pinch of salt and say, well, it's the WBC. I mean, they're handing out belts like it's Quality Street, which, to be fair, they do. However, it is a legitimate organisation that he could be ranked in after this fight happens. And if he is, the, the prospect of him fighting 
legitimate world champions in the future, he's not too far away, even though he's a novice. Like, he could, with his status and his money and everything that you've mentioned, Chris, he could literally be fighting for a world title by the time he hits 10 fights, which is absolutely ludicrous to think about. But if he can get himself there by going through this step and this stage by beating Tommy Fury, then people are going to have to start standing up and going, actually... You know, he's just beat a legitimate boxer. Who's next? It'll actually, yeah. if anything, if anything, it'll bring more appetite to want to see him and what he does next. Because that's what it would do for me. Like, I've never believed in any of the stuff, like we've said at the start of the show. I've never really bought into it. But I can't turn away from it if he actually shows that he's got something about him and he could legitimately go on to be a guy who's been training for this sport all their lives. Like Tommy Fury, yeah. for example, who said he's been training all his life. So it's he's, he's, if anything, Fury's put the pressure on himself and Jake Paul is just winding him up and reeling him in. And I think Jake Paul, he loves his mind games. He loves winding people up. I, I think he's actually using what Tommy Fury's own brother does to his opponents, which is really interesting and a bit of reverse psychology. So it, it's, it's interesting. It really is. It's, such, yeah. it's, it's so compelling. But Chris, answering that question again, Jake Paul wins this fight. I really do think he beats Tommy Fury over eight rounds and we're going to sit here next week and we're going to go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Well, what the bloody hell happens next from here? <laughs> or we're going to say, what the bloody hell did we just watch? You know, <laughs> we, 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 could, we could actually see two guys just completely found out for being clueless. I, I don't think so. You know, but I, I think, you know, what we've got to hear is just something to say, do you know what? Let's just stop being boxing snobs. Let's watch it. Should be fairly evenly matched and it should be decent while it lasts. You know, take it for what it is. You know, it's, it's two guys who've kind of been bubbling away in the background. You know, if it was on a small hall bill, you know, and 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 there were two British fighters, we'd be saying, you know, this has got the makings of a decent fight. So, you know, let's just take it for what it is and uh, forget the massive spectacle and the big obscene amount of money that they're going to both get paid. And we'll see how it goes and we'll come on and we'll talk about it next week. 
Absolutely. Well, on this particular card, there is a legitimate fight, a really good fight for the WBC World Cruiserweight title as Alungu Makabu faces off against Badu Jack, which I think is actually a really, really good fight for this weekend. And people might say, well, why are you not covering this as the big fight preview as you title your episode? Well, actually, you're right. We probably could have done this, but I think the commanding that Jake Paul and Fury have going into this weekend is is more significant because of the personality and the hype surrounding it. Nobody's really been hyped for Makabu versus Jack, but as a boxing fan and a boxing snob, as you said earlier, I want to see this fight. I want to see I'm looking forward to this fight on this card actually. I think Makabu versus Jack is is really good. I mean Jack I've spoke about Jack over the past year and I just kind of think mm, he's coming towards the end of his uh he's coming towards the end of his career. But yeah, yeah he still carries on and he's on he's on a really good streak at the moment. And his career you know he beat the undefeated Richard Rivera in his last fight in August last year put himself in a position now to fight Olungu Makabu who we can remember who Tony Bellew famously beat to win the cruiserweight title all them years ago but even Makabu you know he's he's been holding on to that WBC title maybe for a little bit too long to be honest with you since 2020 and he's not really fought anybody since he picked up the vacant WBC title and you think to yourself well you know you want to see someone like a Lawrence Akolai fight Makabu but Badu Jack who's up at cruiserweight now is is fighting Makabu for this title this weekend that's actually a really good fight what are you making of, of this one and, and the, who's going to win this fight yeah it's one of these fights where it's a name for Makabu isn't it you know he, get, he gets to fight Badu Jack and I think what we've got to to remember Badu Jack now 39 years old fighting up at cruiser when his, his heyday was as a super middleweight. You know, he fought George Groves, as we all famously remember, James DeGale, Nathan Cleverly. You know, these were all either light heavy or, or super middle. So he was more comfortable around about the, the 12 stone mark. You know, and now he's up here fighting around the 200 pounds mark. When he fought Richard Rivera, who, who you'll remember, was I think his nickname's Popeye, isn't it? You know, he has his little pipe on and his, his hat on. I actually thought Rivera won. And what really struck me in that fight for Barry Jack was his waistline. You know, obviously he was fighting at 199 pounds that night, so just under 200. But he was fleshy. And, and the Barry Jack of old, I don't think, would have came out and looked like that. So he was shown every one of his 39 years. And in Maccabi, as you say, you know, he's had 10 victories since he got sparked by Tony Bellew at Goodison that night. And he's done well. But he's he's never really moved his career on. There was talk at one point of I'm going to fight Canelo, and we all kind of felt that that was going to be a gift of another world title for Canelo. But up subsequently, we, we've seen that you know maybe Canelo can't go past 175, so it might have been a dangerous fight against Maccabi ultimately. But I think for me, Maccabi is going to have a little bit too much left in the in the tank, and he's he's a big hitter, Maccabi. You know, he stung Tony Bellew. We all remember that famously. Bellew says he broke his nose, and I think ultimately that that young fresher fighter going the 12 rounds against Barry Jack I, I can see him just out working Barry Jack and, and probably out pointing Barry Jack I really liked Jack when he was when he was younger you know I felt he was a dangerous fighter who because of where he came from Sweden you know he didn't really have a massive following but he was always dangerous and he always did very very well at world level so you know it, hopefully he'll make a few pounds for this fight because it's in Saudi, I'm sure he will. 
I can see him uh, losing on points though and, and Maccabi really not quite sure where he goes next because if we put him in with any of our guys, a Richard Riakpo, say for example, or a, a Nicoli, I just think they take him out quite quickly, probably similar to what Tony Bellew did and certainly some like Lawrence Sacoli. I could see him taking out Maccabi within five rounds. Yeah, what, I agree. What, what about myself? Yeah, I I agree on that sort of assessment of it. I think Maccabi is just a fighter who's holding onto a title who eventually someone's going to take it from him. You mentioned a react poor, obviously... You know, he's not got a fight lined up at the moment, although he did have a nice little scrap at Cineworld at the premiere of Creed 3 with Lawrence Acoli, which was across social media. So if anybody hasn't seen that, there was a little bit of fisticuffs going on between those two in a potential future fight. But Lawrence Acoli fights David Light, defending his WBA Cruiserweight title in March. So he's tied up. Richard Reakpour isn't. Chris Billum Smith up at Cruiserweight is a potential. Could Jack Massey move back down to Cruiserweight as well? Does he still hold the IBO title? I'm not too sure if he does. If he does, there's a there's a potential there as well. So there's some definitely some fights for our guys with Makabu if he gets over the line against Jack, which I think he will. So it's another fight yeah. definitely to tune into to that card. They are the only two fights in that card that I've got any interest in whatsoever. But next week has got some some really random cards happening across Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Uh, and I'm going to go through just quickly a few of the fights for the benefit of you guys listening and names that you'll know who are fighting in the next week. So, fighting on Wednesday. Tomorrow, on Wednesday, is Jimmy Kilrain Keller, who you'll remember for fighting Jaime Munguia and giving him a good fight over six rounds in his last outing. He's fighting in America on Pro Box TV. And then you go to Thursday, you've got a DAZN card at the Fantasy Springs Casino in Indianapolis as Juan Ramirez goes in against Luis Villa Padilla. That's happening. Also in America, Heather Hardy's fighting as well in the ring in New York on Thursday. And then we move on to sort of Friday, and it just happens again. There's just quite a lot of random sort of cards going on, random fights happening this this weekend as well. But I couldn't not talk about them because I think there's definitely a few fights that you guys listening will definitely have a little bit of an interest in following the sport as you guys do. So on Friday, there is a couple of cards on a couple of small hall cards happening. One in particular at the York Hall has Alex Dilmagane, who is a potential opponent for Zelfa Barrett, if you've seen any of that stuff on social media. He's supposed to be fighting Liam Dillon this weekend for the British Super Featherweight title, the vacant title, that is. And then also on the undercard, you've got Jordan Perkis, 5-0, fighting Ramez Mahmood for the vacant English Bantamweight title, also on that card. Return for Danny Dignam, also on this card as well. And then I'm looking around and thinking, what else have we got going on this weekend? And then and up pops a name that I wasn't expecting. And it was Guillermo Rigondo. This is the same Guillermo Rigondo who, as of only a few months ago, was partially blind. But yet he's back in the ring and he is fighting on Friday in America. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, I don't know what's been going on behind the scenes of Rigondo, but clearly he's been licensed to fight. He's clearly passed the medicals to get a license to fight. And yet he's back in the ring this weekend, Chris. 
Yeah, it's a kind of shades of Aram Barkley from from back in the day. You know, people used to say that Aram Barkley or even Julian Jackson couldn't even see in front of their eyes. And if it, Julian Jackson, who everybody will remember fighting Harold Graham, used to wear the thickest glasses when he was outside the ring. So, yeah, we've seen many commissions in America license fighters when we wouldn't over here in the UK. So. It's going to be an interesting one. Why is he fighting? You know, he's lost his last two anyway. He lost in 2021 and again in 2022. Both fights he, he should have won, you know. He, he lost to Casemiro in 2021. He's fighting a guy called Jesus Martinez and he's 33-17-1. So they're bringing him back really as a name to see what he's got left. It's going to be over 10 rounds. He's not a banger, obviously, you know, rigging down. So at 42... You're thinking, what's he got left? You know, why are you bringing him back? Just a name to sell a, ho- a hotel or a-, a casino card, I'm sure. But yeah, it's one that we could probably be doing to walk away from the sport at this point, in my own opinion. Yeah, I agree on that. I mean, these are just sort of names and fighters that are fighting this weekend. And like I said, I couldn't be remiss without mentioning a few of these names. So another fight in America that has got people's interest peaking, maybe not so much ours, is the return to the ring for Adrian Broner. Now, he was supposed to be fighting an opponent. That is now not happening. As it stands, I am not 100% as I record this that he actually is going to still be fighting this weekend. I did see him on social media saying that the fight is happening this weekend but we don't actually know who the opponent is again I'm we're recording this in advance of this fight happening so things could actually change at the point that you've already listened to this episode so Adrian Broner will he fight this weekend maybe but he's another fighter who's a complete waste of talent but He's not why I've mentioned Adrian Broner specifically. I'm interested in the Tevin Farmer and Mickey Bay fight that's happening on the same card, actually. I think that's got the uh, potential to be a pretty decent affair. And obviously, we both know these fighters are you know, pretty much at the, the back end of their careers. But, you know, if you're a fan of these guys or you've been watching them from America for, for a number of years, I'm certainly sure you'll be looking to tune in to see what either of these two guys have actually got left. Uh, a world title fight. I think he's going under the radar this weekend, is for the vacant IBF super lightweight title between Sabriel Matthias, 18-1, and and Jemias Ponce, who's 30-0. This is happening this weekend. I think this is an absolutely under-the-radar fight that maybe nobody in Britain is even thinking about. If you've got an interest in this fight, it is happening on Showtime in the USA. I'm sure you guys know ways and means in which you can catch this fight. Another interesting name on this card is Adam Kwanaki. He's returning to the ring. I'm not too sure where his career is going to go after losing to Robert Hellenius and then also losing in his last fight to... A guy who really wasn't well known by many boxing fans. I think his career, if he doesn't win this fight, is finished. He's had three back-to-back losses. Not too sure about Kwanaki. But at one time, Chris, he was being touted as a future Anthony Joshua opponent. He was. And, and I think, you know, the Polish fighters have always been very, very strong. You know, and, and we've seen a few, you know, who've came out and you think probably famously of more like um, Anthony, um, Gow- or oh, sorry, Andrew Gowata. And, and then we also, um, I'm trying to think, who, who was a chap that uh, got knocked out by Derek Chisora? 
Arthur Spilker. Yep. You know, so you usually give a, a good account of themselves, the Polish fighters. But yeah, Kwanaki, I think there was big things thought of him, but Hellenius really showed how to beat him. But when he fought Hellenius, he was really out of shape. And, you know, again, he showed he had very little passion when he came into the, the rematch. He actually was heavier for the rematch than he was for the first fight. You know, whereas um, Hellenius had actually trimmed himself a little bit down. So, nah, he's, again, wasted talent, I think, Kwanaki. He could have been a decent fighter. And I know that they signed him to, to, as you say, you know, build him up and try and get him in to fight Anthony Joshua. But his career just never really took off. And, you know, it's kind of been a bit of a damp squib, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if anybody doesn't remember Jeremiah's Ponce, who's 30 and now he's fighting for this IBF World Super Lightweight title, you might remember him from 2021 when he came over to Newcastle and destroyed Lewis Ritson. And he absolutely had him all over the show, down three times in the 10th round, and then he got stopped ultimately by the referee, Steve Gray. It was a performance that maybe a lot of the fans weren't expecting because they thought, you know, who's this unknown guy from Argentina who's come over and everyone's expecting Ritson to do the job and he doesn't and now what three fights later he's fighting for a world title which if you've got any interest in the sport in general you'll probably tune into it because it'd be interesting to see you know for the future of, of our guys where this fight goes because you're looking at a division which is littered with people like of course Jack Catterall who really should be the IBF champion at this point so it is a potential opponent in the future for someone like a Catterall who will be looking to try and get a title given the fact that Josh Taylor now appears to be fighting Tia female and not Catterall so interesting interesting fight to tune into or at least tune into the result because it could have an impact on some of our guys here in the UK but there isn't any other major major fights happening this weekend that is pretty much it the the talk of the town really is about Jake Paul and Tommy Fury and you might not agree with that you might not like the fact that everybody's giving this the attention but I think we're at the point as again I'll use your words Chris it's commanding attention it really is commanding that attention and it is a really intriguing fight We've both given our predictions. We actually both think Jake Paul's going to win this. And people might go, hang on a minute. Why are you going against the boxer, the actual boxer? Well, both of us agree that. We don't think we've seen enough in Tommy Fury to actually beat Jake Paul. And Jake Paul's actually pushed himself into a position where, you know, he could beat someone like a novice like Tommy Fury. It is very intriguing. I'm really interested to hear the thoughts of our listeners. You guys, please do let us know on social media what you're thinking and what you think this fight's going to play out like and who's going to win the fight. And you know where to do it. You can find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod or Facebook or Instagram or even on the YouTube channel. You can comment on the audio below and let us know who you think's going to win this fight. But that is it for this particular episode. Chris, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And we'll be back with a reaction show. And as we said earlier, we don't know what we're going to be getting with this. But it's going to be very intriguing, isn't it? Sit back and enjoy. Absolutely sit back and enjoy. Thank you for listening to this Big Fight Preview. Subscribe on all available platforms. We will be back with a reaction show next week. And we will see you then. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia, he's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. 
Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.